Okay, welcome back. You know what it is, talking balls. We're here in the sack this week, special week. It's Thanksgiving week. Um, got us kind of juiced up. Obviously, we got football to talk about. Um, so we're going to get right into it, not to waste our time and not to waste your time. So with me in the sack today, familiar face. What is this, three in a row now for you or two? I don't even know. I'm on, I'm on a roll after my uh, week one debacle. Yeah, I think this is the third <laughs> week in a row. <laughs> third week. So he was heating up last week. Kobe's on fire right now. He's streaking. Yep. Um, so here's what we're going to do for you guys today. We're going to recap our bets. Um, we are going to talk about some things that are happening in the NFL, some drama going on, uh, some lopsided victories that need to be discussed. Uh, and then we're going to preview Thanksgiving and we're going to preview the rest of week 12 for you. And we're going to get out of here. So it's going to be short and sweet. We're going to give out hopefully a lot of winners. Um, and this should be fun. So here we go. First up my bets, uh, Gave you six plays, wound up going three and three. So not that bad, minimal loss there. Uh, worst one on the card, let's start with it. Packers minus three. Uh, you had it too, Kobe, but I mean, yep. look, they yep. came off a great win against the Cow a Cowboys team that sh after this week has shown to be a really good program. They're so back. I thought, you know what? Let's take them against the Titans. We're fading Ryan Tannehill any chance we can. It backfired, whatever. Falcons and Bears over 49 that was cash saints minus two part of our best bets program of the week that was also cash colts plus seven easy money so right there we are three and one um and then the final two giants money line loss we'll talk about them in a little bit and steelers plus four was also a loss um so three and three not bad not what you want uh i would say packers probably should have come off the card there but hey it is what it is <laughs> kobe what do you got always after the fact when it's like yeah nah. i think i commented on the instagram post i was like please delete that packers pick off my card <laughs> that was that was not it hey shout out to talking balls not like your favorite capper okay we post all wins and all losses okay we are very transparent here nothing to hide from you guys continue nope, nope. we take the wins the same as the losses here brother yes sir um, on my card i went two for two two and one um, I had the Packers minus three. Just that's just a shake of the head right there. Yeah. I had the Falcons minus three pushed on the walk-off field goal. Thank that's God, fine. young young Hoku will take it. Need that, yeah. Had the Giants your G men minus three. Unfortunately, that was a. Uh, that's yeah, our bad. Just, I would like just, to formally apologize on behalf just, of the New just, York Football Giants. Just just the wrong side there. You uh, God you, bless. You, yep. You look at you look back at that one. You're like really did i really pick that one Unbelievable. Um, but my best bet was the cowboys minus one so i think that maybe that equals out of those two bad losses um because they absolutely slammed the vikings in minnesota that, unreal yep that was a, just a something you didn't ex i was expecting a close game maybe that was like a walk-off field goal or you know a touchdown at the end but 40 to three is just absurd. And that defense looks scary. That defense looked like a, a deep run in the playoff defense. If, if the offense can keep it rolling. Yeah. Um, and then my last bet uh, last night in Mexico, the Niners minus eight ended up uh, winning by 28 points to the Kyler Murray list Cardinals because he was too busy again, playing Warzone this weekend. So uh, two, two and one on my card. Um, and then I'll run through Derek's pick since he's not with us tonight. Derek Jacobs, six and two this week. My wow. my brother absolutely crushed it. 
Um, Derek also joined you on the Falcons Bears over 49, which cashed. He yeah. was against us on the Titans. Smart man, Derek. Uh, he had them plus three. He had the Lions plus three, which was again against us. Not very nice. Um, Panthers and the Ravens. That game was just atrocious. He had the yeah. Let me um, yeah. Go ahead. Let go me ahead. jump in on that one. I, I put on this post. I put ICU in parentheses, and let me just explain that for the viewers at home. Those of you who don't know, um, there was a trend that went. I guess viral, you could say on TikTok or whatever the hell. I don't know where I saw it, but um, basically, when you see a spread that is double digits in the NFL this year, and this play is hitting at a sixty percent clip, so yeah, it's hitting at a very high rate. Yeah, so it's something that you can tell with confidence at this point. Uh, basically, if the spread is double digits, it's a, if it's a large spread, you want to take the under, and here's the reason why. The team that is favored usually jumps out to a giant lead and then stops scoring. And then that team who is behind by 30 something points usually can never get it going. So the game winds up being, I don't know, 37, even 40 to three. And usually that'll still cash an under for you. Yep. So that's why I said, I see you. Uh, I think that's why Derek took the play. I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll see. He's um, a but that was a, that was a really good play. I mean, I yeah. think the total there ended up being 16 points. So that was really good. Continue. Yeah, 13 to 3 final score. Uh, Baker Mayfield needs to go be a car salesman. Uh, moving <laughs> on. Derek got on the opposite side of this one from me. He had the Vikings minus two and a half. Um, yeah, just Kirk Cousins in a primetime game. We'll see him again on Thursday this week. We'll see him again on the yep. opposite side. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but he had Vikings minus two and a half. Uh, Steelers plus four. That was a tough loss. Yeah, um, they were covering for a, a minute in that game. And then, you know, the Bengals just kind of, they strung yeah, they together a couple of bad. touchdowns. Yeah, in the yeah. second half. Is yeah, what it Joe, is. Joe Burrow had 355 in the air with four tugs. I mean, that was a vintage Joey B game. You just, yeah, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, because he hasn't, he's been decent, but I mean, that's a crazy statistic game. So, mm -hmm. um, and then Derek also had the over in the uh, Chiefs Chargers game. Um, the Chiefs ended up coming back and winning that game. That was actually a pretty fun one Sunday night. And he also joined me uh, last night in Mexico with the Niners minus eight, which also hit. So six and two. Shout out to Derek Jacobs, even though you're not here tonight. Uh, hopefully Granny's car is doing well. But uh, you were solid this week, bro. <laughs> Atta boy. Hey, I mean, that's why we do it. That's why we give out the picks. Now, um, I just want to say one thing. Obviously, 2020 hindsight should have sub Packers for Niners minus eight. And to tell you the truth, I had Niners minus eight on my little block there. And I took it out at the last second. Cause I was like, God bless. I can't have all of us on Niners minus eight. No way. But sure enough, it cashed with ease. I should have had one. that one on the card. Um, one thing for the viewers at home, if you guys don't follow us on TikTok, you need to be in. And here's one reason why we give you guys a handful of plays every week. But we've been putting up this little best bets video where we narrow it down to three or four plays the past three weeks. Uh, I'm proud to report to you guys that we are a crisp eight and two in the past three weeks on those. So if you can't do math, that's 80 percent going pretty absurd right now. Um, follow us on TikTok for the best bets. That's where you'll find them. We're looking to stay hot. We'll have some in Thanksgiving for you. And then we'll have some again like we always do on Sunday. So talking balls, eight and two on the best bets this is not a game thank you very much those are those are the if you're going to tail us at all those are the ones to tail eight and two i mean numbers speak for themselves don't they eight and two tail them see you
Okay, next segment, Kobe. Um, we're going to focus in on the NFC and particularly the teams at the top right now. So you got Philadelphia at nine and one, Minnesota eight and two, and the Giants at seven and three. Um, all three of these teams do not look like the teams that they were at the beginning part of the season. Okay, Philadelphia lost two weeks ago in Monday Night Football. Uh, Minnesota just got throttled at home by the Cowboys, and the Giants just lost to the Lions at home. And although the Lions are a team that is hot, uh, that was their third win in a row. I think any Giants fan and definitely any Giants player will tell you that's a game that they have to win. So my question to you, Kobe, is given the fact that these three teams at the top look very shaky and very vulnerable, and you had the 49ers last night at the number four or five seed looking yep. very, very tough, um, which team are you most concerned about? Is it Philly? Is it Minnesota? Or is it Giants um, to have these struggles hang over into the playoffs come playoff time? You're not going to like my answer, um, but I think it's between the Giants and the Vikings. Uh, I think just overall with the quarterback play, I mean, Jalen Hurts has obviously been solid. He's up in the MVP conversation. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been great at some points in the season, but obviously coming off the nasty loss last week. Um, right. And then, you know, Danny Dimes is Danny Dimes. He's going to have the good. He's going to have the bad. Obviously, you got Saquon and the great defense. I, I, I know uh, – Robinson uh, got hurt this past week. I know which is a big loss because the wide receiver room just can't seem to hold it together for the Giants. I mean, no matter who they bring in, how much money they spend, I mean, there hasn't been a good receiver there in quite some time. So I, I, I'm reluctant because I'm on your podcast here, but uh, I would, I would no, think it's okay. the Giants uh, would be the most in trouble. Um, just, again, overall with the fact, but again, Kirk Cousins on primetime, you throw this guy in a primetime game and they look like a complete different team than the one o'clock slate when he gets hit in a way. So I don't know what it is with him in primetime, but overall, I would probably say the Giants are the ones that uh, I would be the most worried about. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you look, you can make a case that any one of these teams is going to struggle in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. The reason I'm going to say Minnesota is because – Throughout the season, Minnesota has been one of the worst defenses in the league in terms of yards allowed per game, right? They're yep. always 350 plus 400 yards a game. Yep. And that has been something that has been overcome by a great offense. Kirk Cousins have been playing well. Dalvin Cook has been running the ball. Jeff Justin Jefferson has been doing Jefferson type things. Yep. So we haven't obviously, and when you're winning and you're winning in the fashion that they are, no one cares about anything else as long as you win, right? That's bottom line in this league, as long as you win games. But we saw the train come to a screeching halt on Sunday when the defense pretty much did what the defense had done the entire year. Maybe they weren't giving up 40 points, but the rush defense is terrible. Um, they give up almost six yards per play on defense. And that is, that's I think, a, that's second an worst. That's second worst, I believe, in the league, uh, only to the Detroit Lions. Okay, so they have issues that need to be corrected on defense um, yep. before they can even worry about keeping up with an offense. Yep. So I don't think Minnesota is in a good spot right now mentally either after that thrashing at home because playing at home is supposed to be a big advantage for them. Um, and yeah. the place was totally cleaned out by the, the third quarter. I mean, it was all Cowboys fans at that point. And <laughs> The reason I like the Giants to kind of turn it around is for one reason. The Giants don't have a very good rush defense, and we saw that on Sunday. The Lions were gashing them left and right, um, and they were just moving the ball at will through the ground game. And when you do that, obviously it opens up the passing game, 
Um, and Goff is good enough and he has enough weapons. And we have seen that offense be potent enough to where they, they can put up points and win. But the thing that the Giants did on Sunday that I think they can correct moving forward that they hadn't done when they were winning is they turned the ball over three times. Um, they weren't turning the ball over and they were, they were playing good defense and they do have the best red zone defense in terms of touchdown percentage. They weren't letting opponents in the end zone and the lions got in the end zone one too many times on Sunday. So the giants are trending down, um, at this moment, but they're still in the thick of the playoff race. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, and I do like them to kind of right the ship, especially with dabs as our head coach. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think they still make the playoffs. And as you know, once the weather gets colder, especially or as it is getting colder, running the ball and defense really take over in these next coming months. And I yep. think that, I mean, you can make the argument between, you know, Dalvin and Saquon and the rushing offenses. But, yeah, I would definitely give the, the edge of defense to the, the Eagles and the Giants over the Vikings. So I think the Giants are better suited for a potential playoff game. Um but, I mean, going into Tampa is going to be interesting because I think one of those two teams might be uh, going into Tampa. So, um, we'll or the Giants will be going into Tampa. So, we'll, we, right. we'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think in, it's in between the Giants and the Vikings for sure in, in that aspect. Sorry, bro. <laughs> now, I, I agree with those two points, um, and I definitely agree with what you said about how the run game and defense set a team up for the playoffs. Uh, and you look at the Eagles, they got both of them. They got yeah. a great run game led by Jalen Hurts. Make no mistake, mm-hmm. RB1 over there, okay? And the defense is top tier. I mean, they get yeah. after, the, after the quarterback. Uh, they mm-hmm. have great corners, good uh, good safeties. So I like Philadelphia, even though they barely squeaked by the Colts this week. The Colts yeah. seem to have turned it around, so I'm not going to slight the Colts. And listen, again, as long as you win, right? Bottom line, yeah, it league, doesn't matter. as long as you win, it really doesn't matter. So, yep. Let's move on. Talk about this briefly. Um, I just want to touch on Justin Fields a little bit because obviously the past three or four weeks, he has lit the league on fire with his quarterback play. Uh, he's rushing at an alarming clip. Uh, he set the the, uh, the record, I think, for a two-game span in terms of rush yards for a quarterback, with like 350 yards or something like that. Um, but my one concern is, and I don't know who to blame, and I don't think it's him, except for last week, I believe, against the Falcons. Uh, or not the Falcons. Um, who did they play last week? No, it was the Falcons this past week. And the week no, before two weeks was ago. The Lions. Oh, Lions. The Lions two weeks okay. ago. Okay. Two weeks ago against the Lions, I think he may have lost that game with a pick six. But yeah. last week, maybe not so much. I'm trying to figure out who's to blame because this team is not winning games. They keep finding ways to lose. And with a yeah. quarterback who's playing that well, and they have enough skill players on offense to get it done. They have Mooney. They just got Claypool. They have Herbert, although he was hurt uh, this yeah. week as a running back. They have Montgomery and they have Cole Komet. So he has no shortage of weapons. Who's to blame for these guys losing like that? I really don't know. I'm not, I don't know. It, it could be the defense. Um, but for some yeah, reason, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to blame the head coach real quick. <laughs> Eber, Matt Eberflus, whatever the heck his name is. Um, yeah, we always talk I, I'm not him. really sold on that guy. I don't I don't know a whole lot about him in like in regards of his coaching, you know, um, but I've listened to him, you know, obviously in his press conferences and I listen to him uh, when he speaks and stuff like that. And I just don't know if he's the guy for Chicago, unfortunately. So I'm going to put the blame on him. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, you can always look at the head coach and the play calling and the schemes and everything like that and point to that. But in reality, their last three losses, last three weeks have come by a combined seven points. 
So when you think about it like that, I mean, they're three and eight, but if you switch those three around, you're looking at six and five. So, I mean, it's a complete different conversation of a couple of balls or non-interceptions if you're talking about the pick six. I mean, if those go their way or, you know, anything along the lines of that, we're looking at a complete different team. Yeah, he's been crazy uh, rushing the ball. But I think that, it, you know, it, it does come down to the receivers that he's had in the past. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. they're getting a little bit better this year. They had to play pool. Cole Komet's kind of come out of nowhere. Um, and then Mooney's been Mooney for the last, you know, year, year and a half. So I, I don't know. I just think that they're almost in a division where it's just unwinnable for them at the moment, maybe in the next couple of years. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we can throw it on to the head coach because, again, with the schemes and the defensive plan, I mean, the last four weeks, giving up 49, 35, 31, and 27. So it's not like they're losing a 17 to 14 game where you can point to Justin Fields and be like, oh, you suck as a quarterback because they're getting scored on a lot. So it's it's almost a, you have to look at the coaching um, in this aspect to say that it's probably there. It's on their shoulders more than the players. Yeah, those numbers, to be honest, I didn't really know about those numbers that the points allowed. I mean, that's pretty clear. You need to tighten up on defense first and foremost. You can't be giving up 30 points every single week. No. But to your point, um, what? how many points did they lose by combined in the past three weeks? The last three weeks has been seven points combined. Okay, so I mean, one touchdown in three weeks. To me, my gut feeling is like that does come down to certain play calls. When the games are that close – it comes down to a play call here or a play call there, a defensive coverage there, a blitz package here. So maybe it is on the coaches. Maybe it's on the coaches not getting them ready defensively for the offense that's coming in that week. Um, But all in all, the future is very bright um, and they're showing glimpses of what can be a competitive team in the NFC. Yeah, absolutely. So next topic, and this is more of, it seems like a reality show than a football topic, but we're going to talk about it because why not? Uh, the New York Jets, if you didn't see the game, they lost 10 to three to the New England Patriots this week, and both defenses played outstanding. Uh, neither defense gave up an offensive touchdown. I think it was on the last play of the game or one of the last plays, Jets punted the ball away, 80 something yard return, punt return for a touchdown. The Patriots win the game that way. So after the game, uh, reporters are probing Zach Wilson, asking him questions, this and that. One of the reporters asked him, you know, with your defense playing so well, only giving up three points or whatever, do you feel like you guys on offense let him down? And he just replied very fast and very confidently. He was like, no, no, like, no, we did not let them down. And I mean, even if you really feel that way, like as a quarterback, as a leader of the offense, that half of the football, it's apparent you let them down and they want to hear you say it, bro. And you you let them down on the field and you let them down off the field by not just saying yes, just say yes, dude. I mean, come on. How easy is that? There's yeah. Zero, zero leadership. I mean, at, at the end of the day, they had 103 total yards. I mean, you, that's, that's, the deep, that's, the deep, an, that's one quarter for the chiefs or something like that. Yeah. Are you kidding it's, me? It's, it's two drives for some teams and these yeah. guys, I mean, they had the ball for 24 minutes and they had six first downs. So you're averaging a first down every four minutes of offense. Obviously, that's not going to win you a ball game. Um, but yeah, I mean, their defense is crazy. I mean, not that the Patriots are any good by any means, but I mean, 3-3 until the last five seconds when a guy runs an 84-yard punt return back. I mean, that's just insane to think about that you're going to lose a game like that and not take the blame. I mean, you went yeah. nine for 22 for 77 yards. 
bro. I mean, it's uh, we're not asking for, you know, 30 for 30 with 450 and five touchdowns. No. But, I mean, at the same time, if you're dog shit, just admit that you were dog just shit. Just take accountability and say, yeah, and man, as, I was dog shit. I got to be better. I know, I know he's a younger guy, and obviously he just, uh, you know, got drafted in the last couple of years. But you're the leader of the franchise, a New York franchise, as we all know, is in the center of attention pretty much all the time, no matter what sport it is. Yeah, and pressure cooker. Being, yeah, being the leader, or leader, I'll put that in air quotes, because clearly he's not, with every report of coming out of the locker room with other guys, you know, clowning him or whatever. Mm-hmm. You got it. You got You're the face, dude. You got to wear that to the chest. Like him and Salah, or Salah, however you pronounce the last name of the coach, should be up there. Me, 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 my fault. We got to be better. I got to be better. And you didn't hear that. You heard the complete opposite. He pretty much threw that back on to everybody else besides him is kind of what mm-hmm. I got from him saying no, or, yep. you know, I guess not the offense's fault, but at the same time, dude, if you're, you know, 103 yards total offense, that's insane. And you gotta, you gotta pound your chest and be like, yeah, shit, I gotta be better. Yeah. You mentioned it. And this is something I want to talk about because I think this is the root of all the problems that we're seeing now come out from the jets. Uh, you mentioned leadership in that locker room. Now, Salah came out, I think, yesterday on Monday and said that he would not commit to Zach Wilson being the quarterback this week, which obviously, how can you? Like, your fans are going to think you're insane if you're like, yeah, I'm yeah. sticking with that guy. So yeah. he was like, I'm going to evaluate the film and I'll go from there. So it sounds like he's going to make a switch and bring in Flacco this week. But here's uh, another thing. Superstar I point Joe, out. baby. Yeah. <laughs> they have a rookie receiver, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Um, Garrett Wilson has been playing under under what we expect from him he was having a great first three or four weeks when joe flacco was the quarterback but since wilson has come back his numbers have dropped off significantly yeah um but here's my point he was quoted as talking to the media after and basically he was dogging everybody in the organization the coaches the players himself as well but he was just dogging everybody and calling everybody out so he said that the coaches quote have to put more trust in the receiver room and he suggested that there's a lack of accountability So he said, it starts in practice. It's got to be better. The things we see and don't call out, it has to start getting called out. So is he talking about the quarterback play being shaky and not being called out? Who knows? And he goes on and he says, this is unacceptable. No one wants to feel like this, but that's not enough. Hopefully this is a wake up for some people in the facility, people in the facility to get on their details. Then he also says, it starts during the week in practice, coaching, all of that. We have to be detailed. We all have to have a better plan. This shit's not okay. Straight up. It's not okay. How many total yards do we have? And then the reporter asked him, he said, yeah, that shit's not going to fly. So there's two sides to this. I love the fact that somebody is stepping up in that locker room and being like, guys, like we need to figure it out. And surprise. And honestly, it should be Zach Wilson saying those things, right? Not a rookie receiver. The other side of that, the fact that you have a rookie receiver comfortable enough to go to the media and talk all that shit about your program, about your coaches, about your quarterback, shows me that there is no leadership and it's like a freaking Chuck E. Cheese inside that facility, okay? People are just running around. There's no rules, no accountability. Uh, What we thought Sala was offering in leadership, clearly it seems like he has no control. Like his players, I mean, they're saying whatever they want and they are spiraling. So I don't know what needs to be fixed. I think a quarterback change would help at this point in time because I don't think you can look 
52 grown ass men in the face and say, I'm going with that guy who just went in front of the media and said, no, it's not my fault uh, after the performance that he had. And to be honest, even if he had a better stat line and he still said no, I would probably still sit him just because of the fact that like he blasted our team and he wasn't taking accountability and you need that out of a quarterback uh, because the quarterback is going to get all the praise when, when stuff goes well, but you need to be able to take the heat when it's not going well. And Wilson, uh, he kind of cracked under pressure there. So, yeah. Um, and let me, let me add one more thing. I know you mentioned Joe Flacco is in the potential to be the quarterback for uh, this upcoming game. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, but Elijah Moore, uh, one of the Jets receivers also posted on Instagram, a picture of him from one trick play. I don't know when it was, but he was throwing the pass. So he might be in potential, <laughs> you know, to be the quarterback this weekend. So just another, I guess that's a less, or and it's a more humorous thing than what Garrett Wilson did going to the media and talking. He just posted a picture on Instagram of him being a quarterback. So it's either between him, Joe Flacco, or Zach Wilson this Sunday. So we'll we'll we'll, be, we'll tune in to see. <laughs> Isn't that like shade though? Isn't he throwing shade at his own quarterback? Like, like hey, yeah, I can do it funny, better than you like, as a receiver. This is like not funny. This is like. <laughs> not a time to crack a joke like that no i i would be pretty much off social media and then you see a couple of guys like liking twitter posts or whatever and oh i was hacked or oh, i would never like that and it's like come on dude you That's liked crazy. it for a reason because your quarterback was dog shit this week and the weird thing about this is this was off of the week that they just came back from when they beat the buffalo bills so yeah. I, I, this team they won four in a row other than that, they've won loss, one loss. There are other, you know, games that they've played. I I, I don't know what's the direction going to be. I mean, they got the Bears. They got the Vikings, Bills. I mean, that's a tough little stretch coming up here. So, I, do you go Joe Flacco for the rest of the season? Or is it a one-game, you know, kind of bullpen usage and just see if you can change the vibe up? Or do you stick with him for the rest of the season? It remains to be seen. Okay, next segment. Gobble, gobble, mudasaka. It's Thanksgiving, all right? One of my personal favorite days of the year just because I love football and I love watching football and I love the food on Thanksgiving and I love just spending time with the friends and family and just chilling. So I'm torqued. Dad and the brothers and I are actually playing golf on Thursday morning as well. So it's going to be a day. Yeah, it's going to be a day. So first game, 1230 kickoff. As you know, the Lions always uh, start us off on Thanksgiving. We have the Bills and the Lions in Detroit. And the Bills are coming in, obviously, as heavy favorites. They are nine-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. And the over-under sits at 54. So the Bills, um, obviously, getting back on track against the Browns this past week. All right. Um, And Detroit coming off another win, their three-game win streak after they just beat the Giants. Um, My gut in this game says Lions plus nine and a half. Officially, it will probably be Lions plus 10 because, you know, I hate the hook. Um, I just think it'll be a close game. Look, the Lions are playing well right now. The Bills, yes, are a good team, but it's at home. Um, Thanksgiving Day, primetime game. Everybody's going to be juiced up. I expect them to come out and give the Bills a run for their money. So give me plus 10. What do you got, Kobe? I'm taking the over. 54 points. That's got to be highest on the board all week. Yeah, it is. And I think that what happened last week with the Chiefs over, I think the same thing's going to happen. The highest over goes over. And, I mean, what's better than waking up on a Thursday morning and taking points? Points, points, points. I'm down. Yep. Okay. So, um, next game, Giants and Cowboys. 
Uh, Giants come in as nine point underdogs. Woof. Both teams seven and three. This game is at four thirty in the afternoon. Um, this is going to be easy for the Giants in one way. I, well, for Giants fans, and I mean that in one way. We're going to find out all that we need to know about this Giants team this week, right? Yep. Coming off a pretty bad loss at home. Um, they're facing Dallas for the second time, division game, primetime game. Do you come out and lay another egg, or do you come out and play competitive and actually win the game like I'm expecting you to? Now, Dallas has one of the best defenses in the league. I understand that, and it is pretty frightening. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't have much faith in Danny Dimes. And to be honest with you, Saquon and the whole offense and the whole team kind of looked like the Giants of last year. I think Saquon had 15 attempts for 22 yards, and that is just nauseating to see because I thought we were past those days. Um, but it's not getting any easier because the Lions defense is at the bottom of the league, and now we are facing a defense who is at the top of the league. Micah Parsons gets after the quarterback. I think they sat Cousins in Minnesota seven times this past week. So my play for you guys because I told my co-host here that we had to give plays to the people. My play for you is Giants plus nine. Now, obviously, that's a biased pick. But at the same time, if I'm looking at this from an unbiased lens, like nine points is a lot. And that I feel like is literally 50-50. So Vegas did its job. Um, and I'm torn on it. But my pick, Giants plus nine. I agree. I think this is too many points. Um, I, I think that like how you mentioned about the previous matchups and obviously the Giants lost by a lot and didn't look good and the Cowboys won by a lot and looked great. <laughs> so I think that we got a biased line of what we've just recently seen. I think this could have been more towards seven um, and I might have taken the Cowboys minus seven. Um, I but I that. think I am going to go with a turkey day teaser and I am going to add the Giants plus nine, which will get them to plus 16. And I'm going to tease the Vikings and the Patriots under 42 to get that to 49. So that'll be the official play for that. Okay. I like that. And that leads us right into the next game. New England Patriots, Patriots Minnesota Vikings at 8 o'clock at night. Uh, the nightcap. Vikings come in three-point favorites, minus 140 on the money line. So a couple things. Number one, obviously the Vikings just laid a depressing and demoralizing egg at home in front of their fans. Um, not much more needs to be said about that. But what I'm getting at is the Patriots are coming to town. And although the Patriots don't have nearly as much talent on offense as the Cowboys or even the Vikings, and you would expect the Vikings to blow them out, the Patriots defense is as good, if not better, than the Cowboys' defense this year. They have more forced turnovers than the Cowboys. Uh, they are just behind them in sacks. Yards allowed um, yards allowed per play, it's one and two, Cowboys and Patriots. And in a lot of defensive categories, if you look, three of them will be for the Cowboys, and then the other three will be the Patriots. So it's really 1A and 1B. It's not going to get any easier for Kirk Cousins this week. Bill Belichick knows how to use his defense, um, and I personally have them in fantasy, and they are great, man. I think they have like four or five touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty much a lock for double-digit points, and from a defense, that's pretty great. Yeah, so they are they are scary. They got Matthew Judon as an edge rusher, um, and – Kirk needs to turn it around and Kirk in prime time, everything is working against the Vikings. Um, yep. But I like Vikings to bounce back 
because I don't like the Vikings to win by three points or more, I, yeah. I just can't trust the Vikings in any capacity to take their spread. Give me their skinny ass minus 140 money line, which is already a red flag in my eyes. Give me that money line for them to squeak out a win at home on Thanksgiving and get back on track. This game stinks. And this is, <laughs> this is the game where you eat that second or third plate of d- dinner and you fall asleep early. Um, I think this one is going to be a stinker. I understand why you think the Vikings bounce back, but this is one of, I think I counted five or six lines that just absolutely stink out loud. I doesn't make sense to me how the Patriots who just put up essentially zero points until the last, or they put up three points until the last five seconds against the jets who again, do have a great defense, but for them to go in and both combine for 42, what I'm going to buy up to 49 points. I just, I think this game is, 13 to 7 13 to 10 like I think it's another sloppy sloppy game where maybe the Vi- well I'll hope for the Vikings on your sake uh, pull through with, <laughs> the, with, with at least a four point or no I guess you're just taking the money line so just give me a field goal walk off field goal three zero how about that that's I'm down <laughs> <laughs> uh Vikings need it though I mean look they're gonna yeah, be in the do. playoffs they're gonna yeah. be in the playoffs and I I'm pretty confident in saying that I think they're gonna get it back on track enough to where they're still going to win the division because the lead that they have is the biggest division lead of any in the in the league yeah but if they don't get it figured out and start playing consistent football by the time the playoffs roll around this team is one and done see you later there are plenty of teams that can knock them out if they come out the way they did on Sunday including my New York Giants and you saw the Cowboys, bro. I, I, I think a team could easily go in there and just late December, early January and beat them. Yep. I, I don't, I'm not scared of them if I'm a, you know, a lower seated NFC team going in there for the first round of the playoffs. Definitely. All right. So let's move on to week 12. Uh, we got a full slate after Thanksgiving starting on Sunday. Okay. First game we're going to talk about um, is the Falcons and Commanders. So Falcons coming off a win against Chicago and commanders also coming off. They won, right? Yeah. They're still Uh, streaking. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. We've had a lot of success on this pod, taking the Falcons this year. Um, The commanders are playing great football and they might get chase young back, which is another defensive weapon that kind of terrifies me to pick against. However, Mariota mobile quarterback, they have a good run game. They have enough on offense to where they, I think they can move the ball. Give me the Falcons plus four. I like that line. We're going back to the well. Yeah, that's just a game for me just to stay away from. I'll, I'll root for the Falcons now for you, bro. But yeah, I'm just going back to the well. I like the yeah, Falcons this no, year, I, and they're I, a fun team. I, I so you. I'm rolling yeah. with it. But uh, okay, next game Baltimore Ravens, Jacksonville Jaguars. I just want to say one thing quickly, and we'll, uh, we're going to gloss over this minus four points for the Ravens as favorites uh just betters beware okay that's a sketchy line they should be they should be at least six or seven point favorites so just beware of that game um next game we're gonna go to is Cincinnati Bagels on my book here I have a two-point favorite other books might have it as a point and a half favorite against the Tennessee Titans uh Cobell what do you got (sighs) I went against them last week I trusted Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau and I got bit in the ass by my hometown team, well, current hometown team uh, here in Nashville. 
I am going to take the Titans money line. I think this is another line that just doesn't make any sense. Um, I am going to take just the money line. Forget about the points. I think they went out right. Um, Joey B coming off a big divisional game where we mentioned, I think it was 355 and four touchdowns. For some reason, Vrabel, the cold weather, Derrick Henry's big body running over guys in December and November, it just it makes sense. So give me plus 115 on the money line. I like that. I like that. Um, another another one of those stinky lines this week. Hey, look, they have Derrick Henry, and if he gets going, you just give him the ball and let him do what he does, and usually that works out for that team. So yep. I'm not opposed to that. That's That seems like a solid pick. Next game. The other dumpster fire of the NFL, if I may, the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Seattle Seahawks, another beloved team of the Talking Balls podcast. They have been very kind to us when we take them. Uh, Seahawks come in as minus three and a half favorites. Um, I believe last week they had a bye, but the week before that they lost to the Bucks in Germany. Yep. yep. So their their last taste of football is an L. They're itching to get back in the win column uh, at home against the Raiders. Minus three to the bank. See you later. Um, that's all I got. I love the Seahawks. I love Geno. They're still a competitive team, even though the Niners look like they're taking off in that division. Yeah. But this game in that matchup, give me the Seahawks. Just too much offense for a bad football team in the Raiders. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm taking the Seahawks with you there. I think going back home uh, after the uh, Germany game, and I think they had a bye, like we mentioned. But, yeah, the Raiders, they won that game in Denver in overtime or against Denver in overtime. And I'm, I'm fading the team coming off in overtime. When, give me the Seahawks minus three. I'm down. I'm down. Especially a team as inconsistent as the Raiders. Uh, yeah. I like yeah. that. I like can't, that. Can't trust those guys to win two in a row with the season they put up. So, yeah, give me the, the Seahawks with you as well. Okay, moving right along, uh, almost done here, pretty short ep. Los Angeles Chargers and the Arizona Cardinals. Chargers just lost a game to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs 30-27 to on Sunday night. Uh, the Chiefs came back and won that game as, I mean, who's surprised? No one. Uh, short and sweet, Cardinals trending down. Chargers, <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of stuff. Chargers are like this social media team. I like everybody wants to hype them up and they keep putting yeah. mediocre product out on the field. I'm hip. Okay. They're not what I thought they were going to be, but I still <laughs> think they're a decent program. I'm part of the media right now. I still think they're good. They just have too much talent. They got Keenan Allen back, almost went for a hundred yards last week. Josh Palmer absolutely popped off a hundred yards, two touchdowns. So if they can work Allen back into the mix, they still have Eckler. Don't look away from this team. They still have a potent offense, and that's why I'm riding with them. Minus four points on the button. Can't you can't you can't take the Cardinals in this matchup again? I'll, I'll keep reiterating it. Warzone is out. Kyler Murray still relatively is, new. Okay, he's still he's, playing. He's still grinding. Still trying to get camos for the guns. <laughs> you can't you can't bet on them. The only bet. If you take this game, which I am not, because again, this is like you mentioned, one of the dumpster fires and another line that doesn't really make sense to me, but it would have to be the Chargers. I would almost try to buy them down, which doesn't make sense because you're looking at like plus two and a half in a teaser. Um, I'm staying away from this one. Good luck with the car, with the Chargers. The Chargers games, it still feels like Phillip Rivers is there. Every game comes down to like the last drive, and Josh her, or her, her Justin Herbert has like a sad face every time they pan to him on the sideline. So I'm staying very, very far away. Good luck. Uh, hope the Chargers cover for you. Appreciate you. Uh, next game, 
Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Rams. This is part of that trend that I was talking about with the large spreads and taking the under. So you have this one, you have the Miami game, which is also a large spread. Um, and you even have the Buffalo one on Thanksgiving. The Bills, so those are yeah. three games that you can look at if you want to ride those unders. Anyway, um, I don't have anything on this game. Obviously, Chiefs minus $1,300 on the money line. They should win, no problem. <laughs> what do you have for me, Kobe? Uh, just like with the over, and don't fade the uh, over, or don't fade the under with that big spread in the Bills game because the over will hit in that one. That'll be the one <laughs> game this where the over happens. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> this game... The Rams just look awful. I I don't even know if Stafford's going to play this week again. Cooper Cup obviously went to the IR. The Chiefs should run wild, meaning passing, running. Travis Kelsey came off, just killed me in fantasy or Sunday <laughs> night against against the fellow sacker, Tony. Um, that was not very fun watching him run into the end zone three times on two, yeah. or two crazy catches. But I'm going to eat the 14. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 14. And just I can't believe I'm taking a two-touchdown favorite in the NFL. Um, but the Rams suck and the Chiefs are better. Give me the give me the two touchdowns. Okay. Heard it here first. Chiefs minus 14 to the bank. Yes, sir. All right. Now we're at, I might have lied to you guys. Now we're at the home stretch. Okay. Three more <laughs> games and then we're done. Uh New Orleans Saints at 425, taking on the Niners in San Francisco. I just want to say one thing about this game very quickly and then we'll move along. Uh, nine points, I think is way too much back-to-back weeks. I don't think the Niners are going to put out 38 points again. Um, I think the saints can compete with them. Give me the plus nine, not an official play, but that's the way I'm leaning. Even though the Niners look like right now, you know, I'm always talking about what have you done for me recently? You could argue that they look like the best team in the NFC right now on both sides of the ball. So I could see them covering, but I just, my gut is telling me that's too many points. And, and the saints do have talent on offense to where they can score as well. If, if they want to, cause we've also seen them, you know, put up zero points. So yeah. next game, green Bay Packers, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I'm so sorry to myself, to everyone listening, but I like the Packers again, plus seven. God, I hated saying that too, because I just know that the Packers are so bad, but I think yeah. a touchdown is too much given the way the Eagles were playing, especially last week. Man, that's that's it. Yeah, I don't even want to say anything else and just sound stupid when they lose 40 to three, but give me the Packers plus seven. Yeah, I mean, in the last however long Aaron Rodgers have been quarterback, I mean, getting seven on the road versus the Eagles, like you don't hear that too often. So, right. I, it, and I, again, it's what have you done for me recently? And the Packers haven't looked at all good. And the Eagles obviously lost one game, but that's their only loss of the season. It just looks like too many points on the board. It looks like seven is too much. Maybe two field goals, maybe just a field goal. But yeah, I think I think I agree with you with the Eagles there. Or I'm sorry, with the Packers plus seven. Yeah. All right, man. Last game, Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh Steelers, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Colts are two and a half point favorites, minus 140 on the money line, over under 39.0 points. Um, two... Not very good teams. Colts seem to be playing better football the last two weeks under Jeff Saturday. Um, the Steelers just, you know, they're there some weeks and then some weeks they're not there. So is this a week where I think they can be competitive? Sure. Do I think it's going to be an entertaining game? Yes. Do I have a play for you guys? Nah, not really. But one thing I will point out, uh, if you have George Pickens, get him in your lineup. I've said it once before. I'll say it yeah. again. It's time. Like he's one of two receivers over there. 
get him in the lineup. He's getting looks. I just, I feel like it's very, very soon until we see this guy just have one of those 100, 120 yards, two touchdown games. All right. Yep. He's very talented. Pickett is talented as well. Um, the Colts have a good secondary and they have a good defense, but Pickens has been thriving pretty much week in, week out for the most part uh, in terms of he's been getting at least 12 or so points and his target share, he's been getting at least five or six targets over the last, I would say, six or seven games. So in terms of volume, you can feel confident that he's going to just be out there and you're not going to see zero receptions for zero yards in the third quarter because he's involved in the offense. They don't really have anybody else. Yeah. Um, and, with, and, really and with like Claypool getting traded, too. Exactly. Yeah, it's only gonna he's only gonna get more receptions as the year goes on, and he builds a rapport with Kenny Pickett. So I, I definitely agree. In my case, I'm I'm like you with the with the Vikings game. Um, the minus two and a half feels a little strange, so I'm just gonna take the money line with the Colts. I think these boys are playing for Jeff Saturday, even though he's not really a coach, but kind of is a coach. But came off the couch two weeks ago to beat the Raiders. I don't know. I think that Eagles loss will taste nasty in his mouth as a former player. So I think that he has the boys riled up uh, for a Monday night game, getting a little bit of extra rest and uh, at home. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm riding the Colts money line in that one. All right. Week. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us in the sack. Uh, Cobell, I always appreciate your time. One housekeeping note I want to mention. You guys see my fire hat right here. I want to shout out Ryan McKay. Uh, one of the dogs made this for me. So I really appreciate it. This thing is fire. I'm going to wear it all the time. And um, stay tuned because we may be selling these bad boys here soon. So if you're interested, stay tuned on the Instagram and all that. TikTok will have an announcement about it. Um, anyway, Cobell, appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. And I will see you again next week. And to everybody at home listening, thank you for the support. Don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the videos, leave a comment, let me know what you think. Let's have a discussion in the comments section. I'm always down to debate about something. And <laughs> we'll see you next week from the sack. We're signing off. Thank you very Happy much. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. Deuces, fellas.